Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Lunchbox Reaction. My name is Brian, and today I'm joined by my co-hosts, Linnea. Hello. And Evan. Hello. We've talked about three graphic novels on our show so far. You might remember Carrie and the Night of the Forest from episode two, the first two volumes of the Amulet series on episode five, and Snapdragon from episode nine. Today, we're reviewing our first book. It's the New York Times bestseller, The Wild Robot, by writer and illustrator Peter Brown. The book was published in 2016 by Little Brown and Company and has been nominated for numerous awards, including the Dorothy Canfield Fisher Children's Book Award, the NAIBA Book of the Year for Middle Grades, the Goodreads Choice Award for Middle Grades and Children's, and the Magnolia Award. There are a number of additions to the book. Our softcover edition is 269 pages. The story has 80 chapters, but each chapter is short, ranging from 1 to 9 pages. There are black and white illustrations throughout the book. The book tells the story of Roz, a robot who finds herself alone and stranded on a remote island. It's a story of survival, adapting to your environment, finding a home, and making friends. So, first off, let's talk about this book. Uh, Evan. You're the one who told me about this story. How did you find it? So every year we go on a vacation to this place called Kavanaugh's, and normally you let me pick out one book to read. When we were shopping, I picked out The Wild Robot because it looked like a fun book to read. So I was reading it, and I was like, oh, this is so fun. So I made Mom read it, and we both liked it a lot. So then I told you about it because it would look pretty good for our podcast. So uh, you and I read it aloud together. What did you think of that? Was that fun? Yeah, I I really liked how we read it aloud together. And we kind of like adapted our voices so it would match the other person's a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, so we alternated chapters, right? We read every other chapter. Yeah, it was very fun. Yeah. One thing when I was reviewing this book online or reading comments on it, I found out that a lot of people read this out loud with their kids. So we have that in common with people and we didn't even know it. Oh, wow. Neither did I. So a question for both of you, uh, what age range do you think this book is geared toward? Linnea, why don't you go first? Uh, well, that was a question that I was thinking about a lot as I read the book, because like, I started reading it, and I was like, okay, well, this book was probably more aimed towards kids, but then there are some parts that I felt like were more towards tweens or like teenagers. I feel like it's more towards 10 to 14. Like, It's ma aimed at like tweens, between kid and a teen, you're a tween. Sure, yep, well, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, on some of the websites like Amazon and Goodreads, they say it's aimed from 4th to 8th grade. Do you think you both agree with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's pretty much the exact age range Evan just gave. Uh, right, yeah. In reading reviews of this book, a lot of people were reading it with much younger kids, but I didn't see it reading with much older kids. Probably 8th grade is probably the upper range. I mean, you can still read it and, and enjoy it, but the language, I think, is more aimed at kids in late elementary, lower middle school. There's some parts of the book where the author's talking to you, and I feel like that's usually what they do in books that are aimed more for younger kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah, at some moments it's like, reader, blah, blah, blah. blah reader, blah, blah. what do you think about this? So I feel like if that, that would be a good read-aloud book for school because then the teachers could read that and be like, oh, yeah, so what do you think about this? When do you think this story takes place? Definitely a long time in the future, probably. 
probably I would feel like 2030 to 2040, somewhere around that time. I suppose we should do maybe just a quick little shout out. So Evan, you, you talked about how uh, it's a story of Roz, but maybe I'll just do a quick summary of the book. So we have a we have an island out in the middle of an ocean somewhere. We're not quite sure. The story starts with a bunch of crates being dashed and thrown up upon this island, and one of them happens to have Roz the robot. And she comes out of her box, and she starts exploring the island, and the book kind of goes from there. So yeah, along, along the lines of when does this take place, Roz certainly seems pretty advanced, doesn't she? But, but there's nothing on the island that gives us any kind of sense of technology, because it's just a, a deserted island. At the start, it also said that a ship was carrying Roz, and I'm pretty sure that ship kind of looks like a ship from nowadays more. So I feel like it's probably like 10 years in the future or something. But Roz seems like a pretty advanced robot, doesn't she? Yeah. I was like, I read the book, and then I was going to put it in my reading tracking log for my ELA class, and then it asked us, what genre was this book? And I was like, what genre was it? Is it? Science fiction? Or? Maybe adventure? Yeah. Sort of survival adventure? I, that's what I would say. How about you, Evan? I would say probably science fiction adventure. <laughs> There's not many, like, science fiction parts in it, though, except for the robot itself. Yeah, which is, which is interesting. Our, our main character, Roz, and we see everything pretty much through her eyes. She's the one piece of technology throughout the story, and everything else is just nature. We have the, the elements, the winter, the sun, the water, the animals. Did you find Roz to be a believable robot? Well, for the future, yes. But also I feel like it's more believable because she doesn't come out knowing, like, exactly everything. And that's what I kind of like about that kind of robot. Because they don't really start out knowing everything. They learn over time and upgrade themselves to have that in their memory. And I feel like that's pretty cool of them to think about. What I find interesting is that Ross has all of this information programmed into her head. They're talking about the stars at one scene. One character asks, huh, what do you think stars are? And she was like, oh, they're celestial bodies of energy or something. And then the other character was like, what does that mean? And she's like, I don't know. <laughs> right. Yeah, she has knowledge, but it's only a limited knowledge, isn't it? Yeah. Like if you were looking in a dictionary, what is a star? And it still doesn't really tell you what a star is. It just has a definition for it. So throughout the story, Roz learns to speak to the animals on the island. What did you both think about that? I thought it was interesting how the book put it as the animals all spoke the same language, except they had different accents. Yeah, I, I kind of like that too. For me, I do kind of find it a bit hard to believe that Roz can mimic the sounds of the animals, too. I don't really feel like that would <laughs> Yeah, happen. I thought it was kind of weird. <laughs> she was describing that deers mostly communicated through, like, body language, but then it was like, how would Roz be able to do that? <laughs> yeah, and how would Roz be able to make their sounds, too? <laughs> well, I suppose in the future, the robot has a built-in voice synthesizer kind of thing that I would think you'd be able to mimic some sounds. <laughs> or... I don't know. Or maybe since she understands the language, she's heard all of the words and she has the recordings of them in her memory banks. So she's playing them. What do you think are some of the themes of this story? One of them is love and appreciation. I feel like that's a big theme, especially for like the 
animals to understand Roz. They need that stuff for her. And that does slowly happen over time. So I feel like that's one of the themes. I think there's lots of themes of putting others before yourself. The animals are all going out of their way to help Roz near the end. Roz has to make a big sacrifice at the end in order to save everyone on the island. I get a lot of family out of it, out of this book, especially with Roz and, and another character called Brightbill. And there's a lot of maternal instincts that Roz has, which you, know, you wouldn't normally attribute to a robot, but it's written so that it's believable. She's very caring for this creature. Maybe uh, a little about bullying. <laughs> there, there's some mean fish, I think. Is that... <laughs> And then you find out what the fish really wanted, and <laughs> all along, you know, if they had just asked, maybe they would have figured it out. Yeah, I think the fish's name was like Rockmouth or something. Yeah. But yeah, he's yeah. just really annoyed. <laughs> the annoyed fish. Uh, what did you think of the survival elements of the story? I, for one, in reading this book, I found some of the scenes pretty brutal. Yeah. I mean, it, it's so... It, it's it's like you're watching a National Geographic uh, documentary about animals because in one scene the animals are friends and then in the next scene they mention that, you know, one of them didn't come back because they got eaten and, <laughs> yeah. and just things like that. And I found that kind of odd. <laughs> yeah. uh, what, what did you think of They're that? Like, Some animals came back in the belly of another animal. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. The whole winter part of this book was just really <laughs> depressing. Because at, like, the very start when Roz came out to see all the snow, it was really harsh, though. She literally just pulled out a bunch of bodies of frozen animals. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's really sad. But I guess in a way it is true to life. Yeah. So and I think the author is really trying to be accurate as much as he can be about the elements. And, and, and also, this story does mention that winter is connected to like global warming more or less they it mentions how the ocean uh, rising yeah the water's getting higher and, and the winter is getting colder yeah there's a one of the characters is a very old turtle right mm -hmm. who has lived a long time and has noticed the difference yeah he said that like when he was first born like the island wasn't an island it was like a mountain surrounded by flat land but then the water rose and then now it just looks like an island all right, let's talk a little about the ending. I uh, don't want to give away spoilers, but did you find it happy, sad? How would you describe it? I'd say it was sad, but still hopeful. <laughs> I feel like it's bittersweet because you know that Roz had to do it, and she did tell everyone that she will miss them and she loves them. and Yeah, but she has to do it, so it's more or less bittersweet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So now right on the back cover of the book, we have a big advertisement for the second book, which is called The Wild Robot Escapes. Are you interested in reading it after having read the first book? Yeah. Yeah, I've been wanting to read that forever, ever since I finished the first book. Oh, okay. So that would be... So, so we should probably go look for it then, huh? Yeah, let's, we'll go look for it and we'll <laughs> we come can, back to you, We can continue listener. the story, yeah. Yeah, so it's a two-book series as far as we know. We haven't read the second one. We just finished the first one. Is there anything either of you would like to mention that I haven't brought up before we wrap up? I like how since Roz crashed on the island, later, so I just gotta say other robots are do appear, and they are more advanced than Roz, which tells you that humans were evolving and that they did actually make 
other, like, more advanced stuff in the year that Roz was on that island. I feel like that's interesting. All right. That is our discussion about the book, The Wild Robot by Peter Brown. If you're interested, you can find it at your bookstore or library, Amazon, wherever you look for books these days. You can also find out about Peter at his website, which is www.peterbrownstudio.com. Our website is lunchboxreaction.net. Go there, visit us, drop us a line. We always would love to hear from you. Thanks to all our listeners, and we'll see you next week. Oh, thanks to my co-hosts, Linnea. Bye. And Evan. Bye. And we hope you all have a wild, fun week.